A big thank you to Peter Jackson for his service to the history of rock and roll and the Beatles. Let's talk about this. Hey friends, welcome to the Press Club C Podcast. I'm Ray Keating. In this 69th episode, I'd like to offer some thoughts on this new documentary series, The Beatles Get Back on Disney+. Plus. But before we get into that, let's quickly answer the key questions once more. What the heck is the Press Club C about anyway? Each letter stands for stuff we talk about during these episodes. P is for politics. R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics. S is for sports, that second S is for stories, books and writing, my own books, other books, fiction, nonfiction, reviews, author interviews, and so on. Uh, C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. L is for life, the big catch-all. U is for understanding, also a big catch-all, if you will, lessons in such areas as economics and history and so on. And B is for business and entrepreneurship, and that last C in Press Club C is conservative. Why? Because I am one. And as I've said many times before, you have to be very specific these days as to what kind of conservative you are. I happen to be a Reagan, Kemp, Buckley, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. Also, folks, I hope that you'll consider purchasing any uh, or all of my Pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries. By the way, these make great, make for great Christmas gifts. For the readers in your family, the readers at work, your friends. Um, for those of you who don't know, Stephen Grant is a pastor at St. Mary's Lutheran Church on Long Island, but he used to be a, a Navy SEAL and a CIA operative. So during the 15 books in the series so far, and by the way, there are more coming. I've got plans for at least five more. Um, the first book was Warrior Monk, and the latest so far is called was is called What's Lost. But along the way, readers come to see that Grant really didn't fully leave his old life behind. So with a wide-ranging group of recurring characters from his days with the CIA to his parish work, uh, readers hopefully are treated to, they're engaged and, and entertained via action, suspense, uh, humor, uh, the relationships between people, faith, love, adventure, mystery, uh, and there are some opportunities for reflection and discussion as well. So please, I hope you consider the, the paperbacks or the Kindle editions over at Amazon.com of the Pastor Stephen Grant Thrillers and Mysteries, or you can go to RayKeatingOnline.com, get signed books, and I'll shoot them right out to you again, whether you go via Amazon or via RayKeatingOnline.com. Some great opportunities for Christmas gifts there. And by the way, if you go to RayKeatingOnline.com and you use the coupon code CHRISTMAS10 at checkout, you'll save 10%. I appreciate the consideration. Now, let's get to this, what I call an immersive documentary. Um, you know, there are plenty of reasons uh, to watch The Beatles Get Back um, that just premiered recently on Disney+. Plus. So I'm going to touch on five or six of them. So first... It's a three-parter. It's nearly eight hours long, and don't let that scare you away in any way, shape, or form. Um, Oscar-winning director Peter Jackson has presented a truly unique uh, documentary here. It's it's immersive. Um, I like using that word with this because that's what it is. You turn this on, and you're immersed in what's going on 
with the Beatles, Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr, of course. Jackson, um, as has been talked about a lot, he tapped into more than 60 hours of unseen footage. Now, this was originally shot by a director, Michael Lindsay Hogg. Um, uh, back in 1969, and there's also over 150 hours of audio. Uh, again, this is January of 1969. So not so when you look at this, Jackson's restoration truly is masterful, right? Um, and he has a knack for this type of stuff. Um, and it's just fascinating. The restoration is fascinating to watch. But what's interesting to his credit, and I think this is probably hard for a director, um, he lets the Beatles during these sessions, in effect, tell their own story. Um, and again, that's to his to his credit. So that's number one on the reasons to uh, to watch this. Number two, listen, if you love uh, music, if you love music history, or of course, of course, if you rank as a fan of the Beatles, whether you're just a passing fan or you're like, hey. I'm on the I'm among the all-time Beatles fans. Um this is a must-see. Uh you know there's just so much here uh in terms of the relationship between the band members. Um you know as they work and create together, they certainly have disagreements, the famous or infamous disagreement between Paul McCartney and and George Harrison is there to see, but it's put in context put in a much larger context than what we saw it before, which was uh, Lindsay Hogg's uh, Let It Be documentary, I believe. So um, so they they have the disagreements, but what, what I think is what's going to grab people is that the Beatles here are clearly, in, they're enjoying their time and work together. And really, the the relationship, the close relationship between... Lennon and McCartney is, is evident here. Um, even at this, if you want to say this late stage of their collaboration, these two had a creative trust and that is really evident, uh, and fascinating. Uh, it's fascinating to see. Um, and these sessions, um, you know, they, they which they're producing material that will appear on the group's uh, last two albums, Abbey Road and Let It Be. So this comes not long before the band breaks up, but at the same time, long enough before, and I'm going to come back to that, that that I think, well, from what Peter Jackson said, the two surviving Beatles, Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney, were, were kind of surprised, actually. So let me get back to that. So the third third reason to watch it is the you're watching the interactions of the group, right? Including their we're treated to the entire rooftop concert on London Seville Road. Um, I hope I pronounced that right. Um, you know where they decide, hey, let's we're gonna. They're, they're, part of this documentary is the Beatles trying to feel their way through how they're, they're going to do a. a or live performance for the first time in I think it was like two plus years or whatever. And they're trying to figure out how they're going to do this. And they go through all sorts of possibilities here. So that in itself is fascinating to watch, but they, they come to decide that, Hey, we're going to do a rooftop. We're going to go on top of our building that whole houses, Apple studios, and we're going to play up there. 
So we get that whole, that whole time they're there. We get treated to that, which is wonderful. We also get treated to the amusing response of local police, uh, and also various interviews on the street as it's going on. So that's all good stuff. But when I looked at this, I, I couldn't help to be perplexed at the Beatles coming to an end not that long afterwards, right? So we see the 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 Harrison McCartney thing, and and actually we we see George Harrison briefly quitting the band during this during these sessions in January 1969. So the the other Beatles go to talk to him. It doesn't go well. And then they go back and talk to him again, and uh, and George comes back. So that's again fascinating. But it's not that George just comes back. George comes back, and at one point in the documentary, he's actually um, talking about, hey, maybe each of us should be able to do our own thing on occasion while still being members of the Beatles, right? While, while still regularly working together as a group. And he presents this as kind of an idea that could help the Beatles continue on. And that's fascinating, right? Um, and then at another point, we we hear John Lennon. Um, now he, you know, Lennon was the guy that ended it, right? <clears throat> so John Lennon here is talking about how much he likes the new Apple Studio that they just moved into here, uh, and he's looking forward to working there. And he actually says, and I believe this is the, he uses the word home. He says it feels like home. Again, wow. Um, so that is fascinating, given that, again, he's the one who brings the Beatles to an end. And and in that light, you, you can't avoid the Yoko Ono issue. Um, and I have to say, when you watch these, these this three-parter, these nearly eight hours, Yoko Ono's presence in the sessions comes across as kind of strange. I mean, she's there like... She's there all the time, <laughs> but she just seems to be sitting next to Lennon for hours and hours on end doing little else. I mean, at one point we see her talking to Linda McCartney, who's not yet McCartney, but Linda, uh, uh, Paul McCartney's girlfriend at that point. Um, and another point she's painting something, but otherwise she's just sitting there next to John Lennon and it's kind of weird. And, and I, I was left wondering um, you know, as, as we, anybody interested in the Beatles has been wondering for, for more than five decades now, how much of that was, you know, it, it, how much of that, her sitting there and kind of looming uh, as a looming presence was real life foreshadowing regarding her role in Lennon's ending the band. Uh, you really, you really have to, uh, well, at least I wondered. Okay. Now along these lines, with this, the whole thing with the band and how they viewed these sessions later on. You have to go over to variety.com and check out a piece. It's titled Peter Jackson reveals how he coaxed Paul and Ringo into giving him the okay to make get back. It's by Chris Williams. It's a fascinating piece. It's well worth reading for a whole host of aspects on this documentary and Peter Jackson's take on it. But um, I, I was fascinated by the fact that, Jackson talks about how he had to convince McCartney and Ringo Starr that 
these sessions weren't horrible, that they weren't dreadful. This is what they had come to believe over time. Um, and he talks about how he first approaches Paul McCartney and McCartney's wary about it. And Peter Jackson's like, no, however you remember it, that's not how it went. Um, and take a look at this. Um, and, and he does point out there, there were two voice, and I find this fascinating because if you look at the history of this, you probably poo poo these people, but there were two, he points out there were two loud and clear voices that said that it, this wasn't, these weren't, dr a, this wasn't a dreary, horrible experience. Uh, Michael Lindsay Hogg, the director, um, he said, you know, it, well, it wasn't as bad as people think it was. Um, and the other one is, is a guy named Glenn Johns who was there every day. He was recording and producing the music. And, uh, this piece quotes him saying, I don't know why people have this thought that the get back about the get back sessions. I was there and I was laughing all day long every day. Um, they were dissenting voices, but they turned out to be correct as, as Peter Jackson points out. And it, it is true. You you watch this documentary, and as I said, read that variety piece. It's, it's well worth it. But you watch this documentary and you get a very uh, different, very, very different take on what we traditionally think of uh, with these sessions. Um, so what else? Uh, another reason to watch this, Paul McCartney is fascinated in watching this. He's clearly taken the reins uh, as the band's leader. At this point, he's he's clearly the driving force. He's trying to get people to, you know, get some work done, if you will. Um, they're, they're trying to write, they're trying to come up with, I think it's 14 songs over this very short period of time um, for this live performance, which, again, they didn't know how the, how this live performance is going to work. Um, but what, what else here... You know, the, you have these moments where people, it, or it's interesting to watch people that can kind of step back and assess the situation that they're in. And it's interesting to hear Paul McCartney talking about the need for discipline and how they needed, the, the Beatles needed a manager who could instill such discipline. Uh, and he recognizes that that hadn't occurred since their former manager, Brian Epstein, had died. And And it's also interesting now, here you have Brian Epstein, their former manager, passes away, and the band members still refer to him as Mr. Epstein. That's what they're calling him, Mr. Epstein. In, uh, so you realize how, how very young these guys are. I mean, quite frankly, they look older than they were at the time, and I think that says something about drugs and alcohol and what they can do to you. Um, but... Uh, you know, when you watch these sessions, these guys look like they're in their forties, really. Uh, and they're, I think they're somewhere around 30, a little less or a little more than 30 right around there. Anyway, having said that, but, but McCartney understands what's needed. Very interesting, right? But he also knows his own limitations, um, as a band member and that he couldn't really fill that, that position. So that's a. It's a very interesting thing to watch. And then I'll tell you, perhaps most important, I won't say most important, but if you are a creator of any kind, right? Whether you're a musician, a songwriter, a 
book author, a filmmaker, a painter, and so on, you need to watch The Beatles Get Back, even if you do not care about rock and roll music and The Beatles. Because you're watching a fascinating creative process. Getting to watch Paul McCartney, as you do in this documentary, at the keyboard, working through the creation of songs. And, and they're songs that we will all come to know. And many of us will come to know and love. Seeing that process is invaluable. It's, again, I, I keep using the word fascinating. It's fascinating. It's also informative. And it is, yes, inspirational. Um, so, my goodness, e even if you don't just love the Beatles and so on or, or wonder about this, or like, watch it for that reason. Seeing someone... And and when you when you watch Paul McCartney here, he is at a creative peak here, right? He is just cranking it out, man. It is fascinating to watch. Um, so if you're a creator of any kind, watch this watch this documentary. Um, and and fi my final point here is that this is not this documentary is not something that feeds you know, kind of the, an ugly voyeurism, you know, oh, let's see how the band broke up. Let's see how the Beatles broke up. That's not what this is about because this is earlier than that. Um, and, and they actually come out of this saying, Hey, let's do another album. Right. They think so. And, and again, you have John Lennon talking about, Hey, this studio feels like home and McCartney is at this creative peak and George Harrison is, is, uh, has come back and he said, Hey, listen, we can do our own stuff and our, and do Beatles stuff and we can stay together that way. And Ringo Starr, you don't hear a lot about him, but Ringo's there. And uh, somebody made the point, I think it was Jackson in that variety article that Ringo's kind of the glue here as the drummer, right? Um, you'll see, see the other bad guys start up songs and not even say anything. And all of a sudden Ringo's got to be there saying, Oh, okay. It's this one. And then he starts playing the drums. Um, he also, I think holds it together that band together in so many ways uh, from a friendship emotional standpoint, because it seems like everybody loves Ringo, right? Nobody has a problem with Ringo. Um, so you see these aspects of these individuals, but it really is, it's not a voyeurism about how they break, break up, broke up. It's more a salute to um, the incredible creativity and talent of all four members of this band. And you, I come away, I came away not, I mean, I, I wonder, right? That, as I mentioned, you wonder, how did the heck did they break up after seeing this? But put that aside and I'm, I'm just, I wound up admiring uh, their creativity here and the relationships that they had. Um, you know, this is, listen, it, it's, it's the Beatles, right? It's a band that's become legendary over the decades, deservedly so. Um, and this documentary, understand, this is not hagiography, right? It's just them. <laughs> it truly is Peter Jackson letting them tell their own story. And by doing that, <clears throat> it really confirms or affirms or confirms the status of the Beatles being among the very greatest of rock and roll, uh, in the rock and roll era of rock and roll bands, however you want to put it. Hey, it's the Beatles. Thanks for listening. Your feedback and suggestions are always welcome. Please check out my various endeavors and books, uh, including my other podcast, Free Enterprise in Three Minutes, and also The Daily Dose of Disney. Um, also, 
please check out DisneyBizJournal.com. Um, fun stuff over there in terms of the Disney Entertainment Empire. Uh, some columns at KeatingFiles.com. Uh, please check out my books. Two most recent nonfiction books, Free Trade Rocks and Behind Enemy Lines. Behind Enemy Lines is a collection of my essays over the years. Um, so please check those out. And of course, again, please check out the Pastor Stephen Grant Thrillers and Mysteries. There are 15 of them out there now, more coming. Um, you can get all of my books over at Amazon.com uh, in terms of him being in paperback and, and uh, for the Kindle. And then also signed books over at ReikiDayOnline.com. Once again, thanks for listening and God bless.